Welcome to Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell. This is where I help strong, capable women excavate the inner garbage in their life so they can become more confident and have more clarity on who they are and how they really want to be in the world. We have rich, juicy conversations about, yeah, you guessed it, empowerment, but also about radiating your brilliance and loving yourself more than you ever have in your life. And who doesn't want that? So join me now for another empowering chat. So we're just moving along on the word empowerment, and we're now at the R. And R for me means to realize. And, and what that means is to realize um, your inner truth, to really begin to feel that you're connected to your inner truth and realizing it, accepting it. Um, and realize that you are love and that you are already powerful. And in the realization of that, that means you've got to live it. So realizing empowerment in your life means actualizing it, I guess. Huh. And meanwhile, as you're realizing your life of empowerment, don't forget to hashtag us or write a review for Empowering Chats with Susan Burrell and pass it on. The more we share, the more we grow, and the more empowered we all become together. And here's today's show. So here we are today for another empowering chat. And before we get started, I want to remind everybody that my book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-day journey book, is available for you. And by saying available for you, what I mean is it's an excellent opportunity, excellent time right now to dive into uh, and excavate and find out the truth of who you really are. And the work in the book is all work that I did myself when I was going through divorce. So I know it's tried and true. I know that it works. And um, at the end of your journey uh, to empowerment, you will be empowered. Imagine that. And I also want to let you know that uh, I have inspirational cards. They're little uh, grab-and-go cards that you can just Grab one in the morning, stick it in your pocket, and look at it throughout the day and uh, be reminded of what it is you need to focus on for that day. So with that said, I want to invite my guest. She's really fascinating and uh, an empowered woman in her own right and her life. And she's an author. And uh, well, I'm just going to introduce her. Diana <laughs> Lynn. <laughs> oh, okay. Hi. Hi, Susan. Well, it's so great to see you here. It's Have good you. to see you. And, and so I want everybody to know the title of your book straight off, because I think that um, that's what we're all going to be talking about today, right? So the right. Ti- title of Dinah's book is Dare to Dream Once Again, It's Never Too Late. Now, when we first met, you were, try- you were explaining to me, why daring to dream again and why it's never too late. So tell our audience those couple of whys. Oh my goodness. Well, you know, there's kind of a long story behind how I came to, um, you know, to this particular title. I like to say that it's a challenge to myself. That's exactly what it is. Um, You know, writing a book has been a long time goal of mine, a dream of mine, 
years and years, I would say decades. I don't even know how many decades. I always had this dream one day of writing a book, but it was always in the back burner because, you know, life, you know, children, marriage, <laughs> career, so forth. And it sort of just stayed on the back burner. And um, the story about how this came about, maybe we'll tell that a little bit later, but it's a dream that I almost let die. Being an author. Being an author. Yeah. It just, I came back from Beijing. I had been living in Beijing for 10 years. And after I retired from the corporate world, I moved to Beijing. I thought it would be a year or two. I wanted to study Chinese and reconnect with my roots. And, you know, a year turned into a decade. Wow. That that tells you how much I loved it. I love the language. I love the culture. I love getting to know the people. And that was such an exciting time in Beijing, 2000 to 2010. Wow. China really transformed incredibly that that period of time. I would say probably a bigger transformation than any other previous decade. In 2008, Beijing held the Olympics. And that was sort of like Beijing coming out and stepping onto the world stage. It really was. I remember watching. It was, yes. it was phenomenal. And, and I lived through this incredible transformation. So that's why I stayed a decade. <laughs> I just, you know, I would come back to visit family and then I would go back again. And the early years I studied Chinese. And then later on, I was working uh, as senior advisor marketing for certain companies. Um, you know, I left my corporate career when I moved to Beijing. Anyway, I came back from Beijing and without really a plan, I just kind of came back. It just felt like it was time to come back. And um, I was driving and one day I started to cry and then the crying turned into sobbing. And I thought, oh my goodness, what's happening? Am I breaking up? And, but, you know, deep down, I knew why I was sobbing. I was sobbing really as if my heart was breaking. And it was because I was letting my dream die. I hadn't done a thing. I, had, I came back and I hadn't done one single thing, not taken one single action step towards writing a book. I was scared to death. I mean, I would have to say of all the things that I did in my career. And you've done quite a bit. Well, I've done my share. Oh, I always say writing the book was the scariest thing. Wow. And, you know, I finally took some steps and um, finally was getting ready to get started. And I was thinking about a title and this title, you know, I was doing free association. I had paper and I had color pens and I was writing words and seeing what fit. And it just sort of popped out. Daring to dream. It just, it became like, it was my, um, something that I held on to just giving myself encouragement that, you know, I had many dreams throughout my life, but this was a dream I almost gave up. So the idea of daring to dream once again, and then it's never too late, just kind of like flowed, you know, it could be the other way around. It could be, it's never too late to dare to dream. Right. So it just became the title of the book really was so encouraging to me. And yes, it's a, it's a challenge to myself. I, I've been getting chills as you're, as you've been talking, Dinah, of the, just the whole thing of uh, sobbing because, and realizing that you were yeah. letting a dream die and yeah. you've had a very um, extensive 
career and life path and and then to to find that this was one more dream i mean were any of the other things you did before well i i get that going to uh to china and learning chinese was was a a dream dream. yeah were anything previously a, a dream that you activated yes yes absolutely when i was a young well when i was in high school you know we I'll get to that story. Yeah. We left China in 1949. We escaped on the last boat out of Shanghai. My mother, my brother, my sister, myself. My dad was already here on a one-year research grant, and he was getting ready to go back to China. And my mom wrote to him and said, no, you know, the, the country's getting taken over by the communists. She says, stay. I'll find a way to get the children and myself out. And when I think back, I just don't. I just think of the courage and determination. I have no idea how my mom thought she was going to get us out because everyone was trying to get out. Right. Everyone was trying to escape. But we grew up, we did get out. We went to Hong Kong and from there we went to Ohio and grew up in a small town in Ohio. We were the only Asian family in that small town. How was that for you? Well, you know, I actually think it was a blessing. Um, it was a small town and we were in a church community and they were so kind to us and just helped us out because of course we had nothing. I mean, we left China with nothing. And, you know, I just feel like we were immersed in the culture. So we grew up speaking English at home because we were helping my mom with her English and we just wanted to be American, you know, totally. And, um, so I think back and I think Ohio was a great place. You know, it's friendly and it's the West. I always think of myself as being a Midwesterner. Yes, you, know? you are. Right. And so it was a great place to grow up. Then we all, you know, my parents moved and we all moved and nobody ever went back. But um, where am I going with this story? No, I, I mean, exactly where you're supposed to go. So uh, okay. We, so I we know. Talking we're talking about, about other dreams. dreams. Okay. Right. So. High school. My dream was uh, to, you know, after college, I would take the State Department exam and I would uh, work my way up and be a diplomat and I would help the relationship between China and U.S. Mm-hmm. That was my dream as, you know. But of course, I got married very young and had my first trial after my junior year in college. So that dream, you know, sort of just went away. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, this is what I say about a dream. 35 years later, I was able to secure a position in the Bush administration. This is the father Bush, George H.W., 89 to 92. Wow. I wanted to take some time out from my private career and to serve in government. And it just, came, that was a dream because I was getting ready to pack up, you know, the high-tech startup. I was with, of course, like high-tech startups do. It was folding. So I was leaving Chicago, and I was going to move to New York and get a job on Wall Street, I thought, you know, with my MBA and my, you know, economics and business, business economics and finance, I would get a job on Wall Street. And I heard President Bush say, a kinder, gentler nation. And just that little phrase, somehow sparked in me. And I remembered the dream that I had when I was 17 about wanting to serve. And I decided, okay, I am not going to go to Wall Street. I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. Wow. But of course, you know, I had no idea how I was going to do this. 
No idea whatsoever. And Susan, I would tell you, thank goodness nobody sat me down and told me, look, that you can't do that, that your chances are nil to none. Wow. Look, you didn't work in the campaign. Look, you're not a big contributor. Your chances are nil to none. I am so glad nobody sat me down and told me the facts. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't really, so I didn't know any better. (laughs) And I just decided, okay, they need me. (laughs) This is the other thing I think is so important to have conviction in yourself, in what you want to do. I mean, this is how I got, I think, every single job that I got. It was because I had the conviction that I could do it and that they needed me. And so (laughs) with conviction and then, you know, be able to, of course, have some facts behind you, some, um, you know, history of success. But so that's another that's another dream. I did get to Washington. Oh, my gosh. And how was that serving your country? You know, I, in writing, I was going to say, we live life, you know, as we all do on a fast pace. And it's not until I was writing my memoir and I, of course, needed to think back, to look back and to remember. And it was, I have to say, it was such a wonderful experience writing my book because, you know, I was able to really, um, well, it's a transformative experience for me. Mm-hmm. And I had so many insights into myself and into what happened that, you know, I never really had before. Could and you share one or two of your insights, Dinah, that, that you, that were the, like a bigger aha? A bigger aha. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I need to go through all my. <laughs> <laughs> Just off the top of your head. Well, I would tell you in the book, I would write and then I would have reflection. And I remember one editor I had, the first editor, which I didn't keep, um, said, it's a memoir. You don't need to write a reflection because it's all, you know, a reflection. And yet I find the reflections really insights that I normally wouldn't have myself, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And one, uh, one comes to mind, but it, I, I'm trying to think I would rather have another one. <laughs> okay. I don't know. You know, you draw this blank. Um, all right. I'll just tell you one. I mean, see, and that is I had, as I was writing, I thought, why is it my whole life? Somehow I just, I will admit it. My hair and my appearance has always been very important to me. Uh-huh. And, and I used to think, oh, dear Dinah, you know, you're spending too much time on yeah, the hair, <laughs> your appearance. Why are you, you know, I mean, it's it, at one point I thought that's kind of superficial, you know. So I was criticizing myself for this. Mm-hmm. And as I was writing, I realized when I was younger, because of the situation we had, I was always wearing my sister's hand-me-down clothes. And my mom always made our clothes because, you know, we were living a very modest, very, very modest life. And so all my clothes were, you know, homemade and she did the best she could, bless her heart, but she never sold her whole life before or else I would get my sister's clothes. And then we wanted to be just like everyone else. So my sister and I would ask her to perm our hair. 
Do you remember the old days of perm? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. You know, those rollers tight. Uh, I, know, yeah. I don't. Did you ever have a perm in your life, Susan? No, I haven't. I'm uh, sorry. Okay. But I, do, I did <laughs> use curlers. I used to use oh big curlers to straighten my hair. All right. Well, we had perms like twice uh-huh. a year. <laughs> and my mom, again, bless her heart. She had no idea how to did the best she could. But, you know, a new perm, we would, it would be frizzy. I just right. had to be frizzy until it relaxed. Right. And, and I thought to myself, OMG, as a little girl, I must have thought to myself, one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to have hair that looks really great <laughs> and have clothes, you know, that, um, that look really good. I don't know. It just, and when I had that insight, I really felt very tender towards myself. Yes. You know, I, I realized that I'd been critical of myself. And yes. then I realized why, why, right. why I was the way I was. Yeah. You know, it just gave me that added insight. Yeah. It yeah. makes sense. You know, as you're, as you're speaking, Dinah, I, you know, I, I don't know, I do a lot of journaling, but mostly I do it to kind of figure out what I'm feeling or to get what I'm feeling out of my head. So I'm not walking around with it, but there's, but what you're talking about is also a really amazing way. And I love that you put reflections in your book. I love it mm. because um, because then you're modeling for other people that as life goes on, there's time to reflect on who I was or what I did or where I came from that informs you on how you want to make your next decision sometimes. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that one person, you know, they, uh, I didn't even know about self-love for many, many years. I really didn't. Uh, so it's self-love and self-compassion. Yeah. And when you have this deeper understanding of yourself, then you can, you know, have a deeper self-compassion for yourself and deeper yeah. self-love as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it builds the re- self-respect. Now you've had very high power jobs and there had to be um, self-love and compassion and respect for your, while you were doing those jobs. Well, I would say, let me finish, just finish a thought okay. about the government job. Okay, you know, okay. What I want to say is that there's a long story as to how I finally got the job, but I did. I, I, perseverance, that's for sure. It would never have happened without perseverance. And, uh, you know, I put together this wonderful marketing package because that was my thing, marketing, and put together this wonderful marketing package and sent it by Federal Express to the White House. and four times. You sent it four times. Oh yes, of course. I would send it and then I would call and then nobody could find it. And then I sent it again and I would call and nobody could find it. And then send it again. Same thing. The fourth time somebody actually had it and they go, Oh my gosh, you know, but anyway, so it's perseverance. That's, but I realized also, I don't know if I realized this before. I think I did, but that I was finally able to realize a dream that I had when I was a 17-year-old and wanted to serve in government. And the position I had in government was Director of International Affairs at the Office of Personnel Management. So we had, we had um, people coming from all over the world, uh-huh. you know, delegations from all around the world. 
And so it was international. And I, and yes, we had one big delegation from China once. And I realized I was able to realize my dream many, many years later. And that just takes me back to how a real true dreams never dies. Right. They don't die. And then you can, oh, I'm so glad you said that. Here I am talking. You know, because I have some dreams that I've like, well, I guess I just let that go. That didn't happen. But what you're saying is just keep that dream alive. And at some point, everything will align for you to make it happen, for you to actualize that dream and live it. Well, and actually, you know, I'm I'm, my words. I mean, I feel and you I'm sure you're the same way. It's a more allowing. I used to make things happen, Susan. Mm-hmm. It was by sheer force of will and determination that I, you know, climbed the corporate ladder and this and that. And I would say more and more now I'm getting, maybe this is what comes with, you know, at my age. I just want it to be easy. Mm-hmm. I, want it, I want to allow things to come to me. I want things to flow and allow and receive and not have to have me be out there forcing it. I think it can happen both ways, but why yes. not? Why not have it happen the easy, yes. flowing way? Yes. It, yeah. And for, for a lot of people that want to take the easy flowing way, you do have to do some action, right? Oh. Like what you did sending, s- continuing to send it, uh, the oh, package absolutely. to the white house. You do have to take action. Oh, but and follow up with the phone calls. Oh yes, absolutely. Right. But oh, then yeah. sit back and allow whatever's going to happen to to happen in well, an easy way. And and I think this thing that I'm still practicing and learning, getting better, is to listen for what you're called to do next. Yes, what that's is a big one, isn't it? Yes, it. If you don't listen, then you just charge it forward, and you're doing what you think you know you need to do. But if you listen, and you can hear. It could be a much easier way. <laughs> yes, I agree. I, um, I, my part of my practice, not necessarily daily. I wish it was daily, but yeah, um, is to check within myself and see how can I serve, how how can I serve today, and whatever that means. Uh, you know, nice. how do I serve? How can I serve my clients or my spouse or my friends or my son or or myself, you know, like, how can I serve? And sometimes how can I serve is I got to lay down and take a nap, you know? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Serve by feeling better yourself first. That's right. Yes. Yeah. The self-care thing is important. But yes, listening to what is it that's yours to do next is is a big one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're talking about other dreams I've had. That was a dream, the serving in the government. And then, of course, another dream was going to Beijing. And there's a story with that, too. I, you know, rationally, I shouldn't have gone. I said, I shouldn't have, because I lost, you know, that was, if you remember, the tech double. Uh, tech okay. Bubble, right? Yeah. Well, I was in it. <laughs> so, so it was devastating to my savings, to say the least. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And really, the last thing I needed to do was to, I mean, the first thing I needed to do was to get a job. So the left brain is, you know, I'm in a panic mode. Say, Dinah, get a job, get a job. But my heart, I wanted to go to Beijing. 
And in fact, that was one reason I got into the stock market. I thought, let me go to stock market, make some extra money, and then I'll go to Beijing, you know. And and the, rationally, I should never have picked up and gone to Beijing. But Susan, that was one of the best decisions I ever made, ever. I hear that. I totally hear that. So it's interesting. Um, you strike me as a very uh, like logical person. And, and then to not listen to that side of your brain that's saying, don't, you know, it, rationally, it doesn't make sense. And yet you went anyway. What, how, how were you able to bypass that? Don't go thing. Oh, well, <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, I was going to say it's taken a lifetime to learn this maybe, or I, as I say, if you ask me for lessons, I have so many lessons, life lessons. But I've learned that the single most important to me lesson is to listen to your heart. I mean, it's not that you don't listen to your brain. The brain it can be brilliant and give you, you know, the pros and the cons and everything else. But, but I would say, yes, if the heart and the, uh, and, and the brain don't agree, for me, I find... I to listen, listen to your heart. To listen you to know, my heart. I know I used to be one of those people listen to the, my mind, yeah. you know, and because it was logical, right? It just kind of, well, that's common sense. You need to listen to, right? Common sense, really? Yes. And, um, and as I got deeper into my spiritual quest and learning more deeply who I am innately, you know, right. um, I, especially in the last, 15 years. I've been teaching metaphysics for over 20 years, but the last 15 years mm. that I constantly was being, um, the universe was constantly calling me to sit and listen, you know, listen to yourself, listen to yourself. And, and so I've become very, mm -hmm. uh, practiced at it. Um, mm -hmm. and then there are many times and it's small things. If I don't listen to a small thing, Bam, I'm like, oh my God, I should have listened to myself because I'll make a mistake that is not, you know, it's a mistake, but it's, uh, right. which can be erased, undone, read. Right. It's nothing big, nothing huge. Nothing big, but it is, I have all these little reminders with little small mistakes that my power, my um, ability to be present with others comes from listening to my heart first. And I really practice mm. dropping from my head to my heart. And, right. that, and that's what I um, actually teach my clients to do. I, so many people come into my office and they're just spinning like a gerbil in the cage in their brain and they don't know how to get off that thing. And we, mm. I teach them how to drop into their heart. And um, I actually had the gift of speaking to um, a client this morning. She, she's... She's actually not a client currently because she's so healthy now, okay. right? And she okay. said, I just listen and I trust and I listen and I trust. And, yes. and that's the most important thing. Absolutely. And it's a practice. It's a yeah. definitely a practice. Yeah. But I, at least I feel like I'm at the point where I'm mostly aware if I don't listen, I'm aware. Or if I do, I'm aware. And awareness is really so important. 
just oh yeah aware of when you're aware or where you're not aware yes and it's just you know I, I mean I think it would be lovely it would be beautiful to live you can say live moment to moment um, in a sense so that wherever you are whatever you're doing you're just that's my wish is to be totally totally mind body spirit soul there yeah present being present with what is absolutely yeah absolutely and that is a spiritual practice yep Not because be, so many things yes. show up that want to uh cause you to digress or reroute mm. you or you know uh say what are you doing you know and uh and going back to being as present as possible um, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a, it's a wonderful practice. It really is. Absolutely. Years ago, I don't know, I think 25 years ago when Eckhart Tolle came out with the power mm-hmm. of now, mm-hmm. I just fell in love with that book. And I have read that book at least three times. I know one that I read so often it fell apart and I had to buy another one. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, it's time for me to reread it again. I just love it. There are a yeah. few books that I have that, you know, I do that. I just read and reread and reread. I do. I, I do as well. I've got a few that have, have fallen apart and, you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's interesting. I'm actually rereading um, a book that was sent to me while I was still bright, doing broadcast radio right before I was go- shutting down my show. So I never got to interview the author, but it's a book. Um, it's a channeled book. Uh, by a man named Paul Sillig, and he's written mm-hmm. several books. And this one is called The Book of Mastery. And um, it's an excellent book, everybody. It's, it, it's an excellent book um, because it's, its language is easy to understand, I think. But the, mm-hmm. the, 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 um, the collective entity that works through Paul oh. also uh, put high vibrational energy into every word in that book, which is sounds weird, but it's, and when I read the first chapter, which is about unity, I felt completely different. I felt completely tuned in and tuned up even more than ever. And, um, so I'm, I'm reading that right now and it's reminding me and it's all about that. We're all one, right? That's very true. Absolutely. Yes. And it just, when you mentioned the, it's, it's an entity that's speaking through him. I was mm-hmm. thinking of Abraham Hicks. Yes. You know, yeah. all of I've, their work is very right. Absolutely. Listen to a lot of that as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I did lots of work out of their book, Ask and It Is Given. Yes. Um, Another so, one of my books with lots of little. Yes. Yeah. I can't read without highlighting unless I'm reading, which is rare. But once in a while, if I read a novel, I don't highlight. No, I don't highlight novels, but I I have, you know, my son used to open up one of my books and I would have three different colors over each other, you know, (laughs) and pens and pencils and writing in the margins and all this stuff. He's like, mom, what are you doing? You're destroying the book. I said, no, I'm not. Well, I have to say I've not done the different colors, but I will highlight so much of some of my books. It looks like it's all highlighted practically. Yep. 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 I know that myself. Really funny. So, Dinah, uh, show everybody your book. Oh, yes. Love it. There you go. Can you see it? 
Yes. Dare to dream once again. It's never too late by Dinah Lynn. So where can everybody get your book? Well, just go to Amazon and type in my name and it will pop right up. D-I-N-A-H-L-I-N. Yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, there's a Kindle version and a paperback version. Oh, fabulous. Yes, absolutely. um, And I'm, this is one of my projects for this year is to make an audiobook. I think that's fabulous. Yes. Will you let me know when it comes out and I'll let our listeners know? Oh, love it. Love it. Susan. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And of course, I'm going to read it myself. Yes, of course you are. You have, yes, yes I can't wait. I got chills again. That's oh, excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining me today and thank you for sharing your amazing stories. And Thank you for um, daring to dream and continue, continuing to activate your dreams. I celebrate that you are now an author. That's a big one. That's a really That's big it. one. That and is. I celebrate you, my friend. Thank you. you. You've Thank done you, quite a bit. What a life. That was such a dream. Yeah. Yes. So, so thank you for sharing it with all of us. I appreciate that. Well, it's my pleasure and my honor to be able to share my stories. Thank you so much, Susan. You're welcome. And I'm just going to end with, and so it is, namaste. Namaste. Well, that wraps up our empowering chat today. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, go to susanburrell.com. You can see all of the information about my new book, Live an Empowered Life, a 30-Day Journey. You can also access guided meditations that I have on Insight Timer through the website and just see what else is out there on my site that you might find empowering and exciting to experience. You can also contact me through the website at susan at susanmorell.com. That's it for today. See you next time.